Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller for a special championship edition today. Your Kansas State Wildcats are Big 12 champions. Boy, was that a fun game. Man, you know, it's one of those games where I know me personally, I've watched videos, uh, replays, people have edited it, added music to the kick when, when Zinder made the kick. It, it was it's fun to watch, and I'm super proud. And you can see the, the community, um, Wildcat Nation, there's so much pride in those guys, and we're excited about moving forward. But it was it was an awesome game. It was, it was unbelievable. We're going to talk about that whole entire first half. We'll probably talk a little bit about it in the second half, but we'll get into our yearly awards, a little award ceremony. We'll have a little throw out the red carpet. and be fun. You know, we're going to have all the guys come down for the show, you know, we'll give them their awards. <laughs> now, we'll talk about that in the second half, but before we do, we want to let you know we're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half is sponsored by the Club Special. The second half is sponsored by the Cape Cod. Make sure you get in and try those drinks. Also, make sure you're hitting subscribe wherever you're listening or watching to this podcast, whether that be on YouTube, whether that be on your podcast pro Provider, make sure you're hitting subscribe and make sure you're subscribing to GoPowerCat.com. We're going to have lots of coverage from New Orleans when we go down there, starting on the 26th. Mm-hmm. K-State's in the Sugar Bowl. But before they got to the Sugar Bowl, they had to beat TCU. I, and I, I just got to say this before we start diving into this game. I was so happy for every single person associated with Kansas State. Rather, it be the players, the coaches, the students, the alumni, the fans, everybody it was just so cool to see everybody enjoying that moment. No, I'm with you. And it's one of those things where starting at the beginning of the day, and, and I was happy for K-State fans first and foremost. You know, we bleed purple. It's all about us. But looking at the big picture, you get college game day there. Mm-hmm. And then the day uh, before the game starts, you got the crowd behind the, the panel, and it's mostly K-State. Yeah. And you see the signs, and you hear the people yelling, KSU Wildcats, and there's just so much fun. So that that right there got the day started right with the pride. And then, like you said, um, I didn't go to the game, but me being able to hear it on TV, I don't know what the numbers were, but you could definitely hear the K-State fans 99% of the game, no matter what. If we were on offense, defense, we freaking brought it, and it was awesome. So, yeah. What was cool about it is – that is TCU's backyard, literally. Yeah, yeah. You know this, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, that's 15 minutes from TCU's campus, and, right. and K-State Nation came out and supported. Uh, it was There was more K-State fans in there, there than there was TCU fans. It, it was close to it being a 50-50 split, but I, I feel confident when I say that. 
And for that to happen in TCU's backyard, shout out to K-State Nation. You guys showed up. You were loud. You were proud. It was awesome to see. But as far as the game goes, I mean, just the roller coaster of emotions that take place throughout that game. Um, I want to start in the very beginning. K-State gets the ball, and they don't do anything. TCU gets the ball, a long pass down the side to Quentin Johnston, and that's where I want to start that matchup with Johnston and Julius Brintz. Quinn Johnson had over 100 yards receiving. He had a massive day, but a lot of that came on that first pass. Julius Brintz really held his own, and he is elevating his stock, but he came up clutch multiple times throughout the game, including an interception in the end zone, which we'll Mm -hmm. get to. But I felt like if K-State, when we talked about this, if K-State wants to have success, you got to find a way to limit Quinn Johnston and Although he had a lot of yards, I thought Julius Brents did a great job. He did. And and the only – not even negative, but the only thing I kind of noticed, there were points in the game where Mr. Brents, Julius, where he um he was in great position. And I'm, I'm not sure what – if he was reading the receiver's body language or what, but he should have turned to the catch the ball or stay facing the, the receiver. But he got a few penalties. And, but, and it's one of those things where he didn't – he panicked, but he didn't – overly panicked. I think some of them were legitimate um, pass interference, but a couple of them, it could have been no calls, but they still made the calls and put TCU in position to make plays. But like you said, he held his own. He was in position every play. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he got beat. Whenever he gets, except for the one long pass, mm-hmm. they gave up. Whenever he gave up yardage or uh, they advanced the ball, it was based off of pass interference. And like you said, he came up big with the interception in the end zone, and his stock definitely improved. For one, we knew what he could do all year long, but that being the only game on at 11 a.m., mm-hmm. national TV, the Big 12 Championship, people took notice. And if they didn't, that's on them. <laughs> and I want to ask you this, as a former defensive back, I feel like the strategy in college is a little bit different. You can almost get away with passing with with a few pass interference penalties more in college because it's fifteen yard penalty. Yeah. Right. Would you rather give up a long touchdown pass or a fifteen yard penalty? Like you would probably say if you're if you're beat and you feel like you're going to give up that long pass, do yeah. what you can. Yeah, yeah. Do what you can. In the NFL, not so much. But I also feel like in the NFL, they do let them tussle and and fight a little bit more because the referees understand, hey, this is a big play. This is a big penalty. Again, I thought some of those penalties, I'm with you, some of those were legitimate. Yeah. But he did a really good job of being in position and and keeping on that same theme in the defensive backfield. Echo Boydo gets hurt, but he makes a huge play breaking up a pass in the end zone, which uh, forces a missed field goal after TCU's up Mm 7-0. The momentum completely shifts after that. But in his place, Jacob Parrish came in. The true freshman. We'll talk about him later in the show, but he was impressive. He was. He played a lot earlier in games. He like he came in a nickel situation when uh, guys got injured. He would go out on the island and play a guy, the number one receiver to the wide side, wherever it may be. We weren't surprised because we knew about him coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. The guy, a speedster. You know, and a lot of people don't know how fast he is, and his confidence is there. He didn't blink, and honestly, we didn't miss a step when he came in. I was watching the game, and I said to myself, I'm not concerned. Mm-hmm. I know the um, announcer was like, oh, man, true freshman. <laughs> yeah, but, like, man, this guy can ball. Yeah. Ain't no panic on his way. So that made me really happy to see him come in and make plays, and I hate that Echo got hurt. But like you said, he made a phenomenal play on that. And, and think about it, all our DBs played hard. Even when we gave up a pass, they were playing hard, flying to the ball. What's crazy about that play is when Echo breaks up that pass, I mentioned it, Sonny Dykes decides to try and kick a 55-yard field goal. And I remember sitting up in the press box thinking, this is not a good idea. No, no. This is not a good idea. You either go for this and you get it, or you turn the ball over on down. Sure, it's kind of a momentum shift, but 
you know, you still kind of are hanging around, right? Or you punt the ball, try and pin him deep. He decides to kick the field goal. I, I, I just I didn't agree with that then. I'm happy he did it. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy he did it, but they miss it. K-State gets the ball back immediately, goes down and scores a touchdown. Will Howard on the day, 18 of 32, 199 yards, two touchdowns. Maybe his prettiest ball went to Malik Knowles on that drive. Yes. We're going to talk more about Will, and we've talked a lot about Will, but it felt like after that missed field goal, K-State was going to be in business. Yeah, you knew it. And, and like you said, I'm, I was surprised he went for the field goal. Uh, TCU has a good running game, uh, and Max Duggan's a big boy, so he's good at running the ball as well, as we saw late in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. But when you go for the field goal, go for the points, great. And unfortunately for us, he missed it, momentum swung, and you could just feel the confidence um, of our offense every play. We were in control, and I think the crowd knew, okay, K- you gave K-State a chance. And when you give us a chance, we make you pay. And they did. It is incredible how they responded. It was like they saw that little sliver of light and they took advantage of it. I thought that was outstanding. Again, Ben Sennett with the touchdown pass or the touchdown catch, excuse me. He had another outstanding game, not only catching the ball, but blocking as well. I thought the offensive line did tremendous. Deuce Vaughn on the day with 26 carries, 130 yards and a touchdown. Was kind of bottled up until that last long run. Mm-hmm. Um but again, the offensive line, again, that's just kind of what we've seen. Continuously pounding and pounding and pounding. And sure enough, it paid off because at the end, there they were yep. with a chance to win the game. I thought it was tremendous. And the offense did what it had to do. It wasn't spectacular, but when you're going up against the number three team in the country, yep. you just have to do what you got to do. And I thought on the day, Colin Klein's play calling was efficient. It was creative mm-hmm. and it was effective yeah and like i said they, we found a way and going back to colin it's one of those things where i remember at the beginning of the season first three games people were criticizing him it's so vanilla what are you doing you know he's not good at his job why do we hire him and and, and, and that's just people being people you know mm-hmm. we know the game of football it takes time to develop your way of play calling and find out what works for you and find out what works for the guys you have in place. He started with Adrian, he finished with Will, and he did a phenomenal job of mixing up the play calls. Guys were open. And even when we didn't connect, guys still up open. And I guarantee they can see up in the box like, we're coming back to this. You know, we didn't connect this time, but come back to this. And Colin, um, they were flashed to him on TV, me yeah. watching at home, yep. and he just looked so confident. Yeah. And, and it's one of, and that makes me happy. <laughs> You're happy for Colin, Seriously. right? I mean, it's just Seriously. so cool. He's the one leading the charge in the last Big 12 championship. He's doing he's doing it for the most recent one in 2022. I thought it was outstanding. One of those guys that stood up on the offense, on the offensive side was RJ Garcia. Oh yeah. Malik Knowles had a great game. He was having a great game. He gets hurt. We think he'll be back for the bowl game, but he gets hurt. RJ Garcia, the redshirt freshman, comes in, basically takes the spot. The best play of the whole entire game for me on the offense was the touchdown pass to RJ. If you go back and look at that play, if you haven't gone back and watched the game, first of all, you need to. But go back and look at that play. They're in a four-receiver set to Mm -hmm. the right side. They're all in a bunch formation. And it's just such an amazing, outstanding play call and design because you have everybody in one spot and they just go go to the opposite place and make the zone coverage of the defense basically pick who you're going to yeah. try and defend. They left R.J. Garcia open. And he ran a post route. Will Hire fit it right in the perfect spot. His ability to go up and high point that football to me was the most impressive part about that route. But just understanding, not only having an understanding of the playbook, but mm-hmm. knowing that you're one play away from – being into the game. He had six catches coming into the game on yep. the season. Makes arguably the best catch, the biggest catch of the year for K-State. Uh-huh. 
outstanding performance. No, he did. And that's one of those things where people talk about oh, you're, you're one snap away. And, and it's true, you know. But who thinks you're one snap away uh, in the Big Tour Championship game? Yeah. And he came in and he didn't blink. And it was one of those things where Colin drew up a great scheme, um, forced TCU to kind of uh, dictate or, or basically uh, tell you what they were going to do. And they had miscommunication. And he benefited from it. Mm-hmm. And he didn't drop the ball. Because people don't understand, when you're that wide open, it's easy to drop the ball because, you know, you're supposed to make the catch. But when you've got coverage tight, if you don't make it, oh, well. But he did a great job catching the ball, and I'm, I'm excited for him in his future. Yeah, he's going to have a huge career at K-State. Only good things are in store for him. I want to talk a little bit about the defense again. Austin Moore, I, I want to ask you about this play because, to me, there was a lot of questionable calls in this game. The biggest one was the safety that wasn't a safety. Um, I firmly believe that they got the call right initially. They called it a safety. They overturned that. Credit to K State for not letting them for not letting that go against them and bring everybody down because it was a terrible call. First of all, it was. And Austin Moore, his ability to create plays, we've seen it throughout the year. That's a big play because that's third and long. And coming right out of halftime, mm-hmm. now, granted, it wasn't a safety. It was an incomplete pass, but that's when K-State went down and scored. I, 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 want, I want to get your opinion on this, but that, that was definitely a safety, right? Oh, without a doubt. And like I said, I was at home watching it. Um, I had a great view from the TV cameras. It was a safety. Yeah. It wasn't. It, it, there shouldn't have been any debate. It was a safety. And I'm not sure. I, I'm not an official. I've never been an official. I don't know what goes on behind the, the, the scenes, behind the cameras. But if they had the same point of view I had, should have been a safety. <laughs> yeah, it was very interesting to see and and the reaction of the crowd and everybody there. You could tell that they were wanting that right. safety. Obviously, didn't end up getting it, but it, case again, K State, it didn't phase them. And, and so all these things that didn't phase K State, you mentioned they didn't blink. Uh, that was that was not just Jacob. That was not just RJ. That's the entire team. Max Duggan had arguably one of the best performances I've ever seen out of any college football player. Mm-hmm. I mean, what he was doing was insane on that last drive when TCU was down eight. He basically wills them all the way back. Yeah. They score a touchdown, tie the game. Here we go to overtime. When you're sitting at home and you see Max Duggan cross that goal line and find Jared Wiley for that two-point conversion, you're like, oh, man. what's going through your mind? I'm like, well, TCU's done it all year. How many games have they been down, played close, and found a way to win? They did it against Baylor. They did it against us early. Mm-hmm. They did it against Texas. They did it all year. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I was hoping their luck run out, but here they go again. And, and it's, you know, the crowd was with them, their crowd. The momentum shifted. And it's – First of all, Max Max Duggan, man, hats off to you. Yeah, you play, and, and it's funny because people have uh, likened him to Team Tebow, but his build and he doesn't have the, he honestly has a better arm than Tebow, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But the, just watching him, the play breaks down, nothing's open, and it's taken off and finding yardage. That guy played lights out. He he wanted his team to win, and he was exhausted. But like you said, um, when they scored and, and tied it up. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Over time, they got the momentum, and we'll see what's happened. But you, you know the outcome of it. So the, re- the, the rest is history, and I want to talk about those those two plays. So Max Duggan in overtime, second down. It's kind of a broken play. He's down at the one. Third down, K State stuffs him. Mm-hmm. Main reason on that play is Uso Somalio, the the transfer from Garden City. Yes. On that play, he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. On comes Damian Alalio, former Manhattan, Manhattan High product. High. Yep, Manhattan High. Fourth down, he eats up a double team. Mm-hmm. Felix Anyadike Uzama, 
cuts through mm-hmm. the C gap. He was actually responsible for the outside of the tackle. Yes. He cuts through and, and comes on the inside gap and just absolutely blows up the play. Eli Huggins is right there. Daniel Green is right there. K-State gets a stop. I mean, everything from Damian Alalio being in the game to mm-hmm. Felix knowing what play was coming and, yeah. and basically going out of his assignment because he knew exactly what the play was going to yeah. be. You could not have drawn up a better sequence of event for that K-State defense. You're right, and, and coaches have said it for years, and coaches will continue to say it. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time game, and we had four or five big-time players on defense stand up and shut down TCU when it was needed, and that ended up giving us opportunity to win the game. Yep, and, and of course, the rest is history, like you said. The offense comes out. Gets the first down. When Deuce Vaughn ran for the first down on the first play, I think knew. everybody knew. knew. <laughs> everybody knew. Okay. Knew. It's over. And here comes Ty Zintner smiling Man, from ear to ear. Love it. That had to have been a great feeling as love a fan it. at home, seeing your kicker who hasn't missed all year yep. grinning because you knew what? Knew. This game was over. I was so happy once he made that kick through the uprights for all the K-State Nation, but especially for those players because they deserved it. It was it was truly an amazing experience. It was. Like I said, Mr. Zintner, I don't know if he – well – He's going to be on the NFL team next year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which team is going to take him, but whoever gets him, they're in for a doozy. The kid has personality. He can do it all. He can punt, kick off, you name it, and he's a great teammate. And like you said, there's, there's a difference between cocky and, and confident. He was confident. And when you see him got that smile, that smirk on his face, <laughs> you can't help but get chills and be like, let's go, baby. Let's go. It, it was a great game. It yeah. was a great kick. That's a game that K-State Nation is going to be talking about for a long time. Unfortunately, we don't have all day to talk about this game. We'll come back for the second half and give you our season awards, and we'll be back after this short break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. We're sponsored by our friends at the Part-Time Beverage Company. The first half sponsored by the Club Special. The second half is sponsored by the Cape Cod. Now that we got a chance to break down K-State winning the Big 12 championship against TCU, it's time for the moment that everybody's been waiting for. We said all the players were in the door. Oh, wait, they're not here? Okay, never mind. Uh, (laughs) We're going to give out our yearly awards. Um, Lots of guys are going to be mentioned in this segment, but it's big. Because they're all worth it. It, it. There's truly is so many guys that are deserving of recognition on this team. I mean, everybody from the practice squad players yeah. to the guys who was who were on the field at the very end of the game. So many guys played a part in K-State winning the Big 12 this season. I want to start with the unsung heroes. Um, unsung hero on offense for me, KT Leviston at the left tackle position. This is a kid who many weren't sure if he would even start the season at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Came in solidified that spot on the defensive side it's echo boyda we talked a lot about julius brents in the first half but echo is a kid who has quietly been a three-year starter 
and really, really held his own this season. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna agree with you with the defensive wise. Um, Echo, you know, down the down the road, he's from Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Great kid, man, phenomenal individual. But you're right, you know, uh, Julius gets a lot of the attention as he should as well deserve. But Echo, he does a great job on the opposite side. He's targeted a lot more because guys go away from Brents, and he continues to play solid football. Um, on the offensive side, I'm going a little different than you. I'm going with two two guys, actually, uh, Kate Warner and, and Ben Sennett. And, and they both kind of started slow mm-hmm. uh, in the season and picked up as, as the season went on. But I'm, I'm really impressed with them both and excited for the future uh, for, for Kate, whichever direction he goes, and for Ben coming back. I'm, I'm excited for him as well. Whatever Kay decides to do, I just know that he's going to make a heck of a coach. Oh, yeah. The oh, way yeah. he talks to the media is outstanding. Did you see that video of his dad yes. after the game? So cool to see that Warner family really embracing the K-State culture. Kurt Warner was just like everybody else yeah. when Ty Zinder made that field goal. Really cool to see. And and you mentioned Ben Sinnott, and that's where I want to go next when we, we have our most improved players here. Uh, most improved on offense for me is Ben Sinnott. Could have said Will Howard. But I feel like the strides Ben Sennett made this season from somebody who was basically a blocking fullback in the beginning part of the year to an end of the season, baby Gronk, as he's known through uh, throughout Gay State. Um, first team all tied in. It was remarkable. Ben Sennett is my most improved player on offense on defense. Most improved player for me is Brendan Mott. They're actually roommates together, those oh, wow. guys. Yeah, okay, I didn't so, know that. Yep. Um, ben Sennett on offense, Brendan Mott holding down that other DN spot uh, opposite of Felix and Yudike is I'm on defense. You know, offensive-wise, I'm with you. Uh, you know, Mr. Sennett, he he balls out. The guy's fun to watch. You know, uh, I'm not much of a um, jersey-type guy, and, and I've bought maybe a few jerseys in my, in my lifetime, and they're usually NFL team. <laughs> but um, – if I were to buy a college jersey, I would rock a Ben Sennett jersey, and I would do it proudly. <laughs> um, defensive side, similar to what you said, Mr. Mott, love them. And, and, and then there's Austin Moore as well. Um, they Either one of them can go either way, but I think you know Austin Moore gets a little more uh, attention, mm-hmm. which is deserved. But Mott, he's solid. He does what he's supposed to do. Uh, he makes the plays that coach asks him to do, and he's consistent. So I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm going to go with Mott on that. I think Austin Moore could very easily, like you said, very easily could have gotten um, this this honor. But the fact that he was not a, an all-conference selection for me is wild. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not hearing that. I, I understand Daniel Green was hurt, and, and that's maybe who – K-State and the rest of the Big 12 looked at as that linebacker, but Austin Moore was the best linebacker this season for K-State. It's nothing against Daniel Green, but Austin Moore had an outstanding season. But I think for where Brendan Mott was at the end of last year to where he finished this year, those strides were, I mean, those were remarkable. Um, As we flip the script and talk about underclassmen uh, of the year on the offensive side, not really a lot of underclassmen that played on the offense when you, when you really think about it. Um, I'm going to say Hadley Panzer. He started at right guard, came in for Taylor Potier when he got hurt. Hadley wasn't even going to start the season. Right. Um, maybe he was going to play some center, maybe going to play some guard. But it's his job from week one, and he had an outstanding season working next to Hayden Gillum. The three interior linemen, all Kansas kids, says a lot about Connor Riley and that offensive line, but... I thought Hadley Panzer uh, played an outstanding, had an outstanding season, excuse me. And and on the defensive side, there is multiple guys you could choose. VJ Payne is an option, stepped in at the end of the season for Sincere Mason. Good choice. Um, but I'm going to say Jacob Parrish just for what he was able to do, not only in the Big 12 championship game, but really being that nickel in that third corner who was able to come in, stabilize things. 
Hadley Panzer and Jacob Parrish are my underclassmen of the year. I love both choices. Um, Defensive-wise, I'm going to piggyback off of you. Jacob Parrish, in my eyes, hands down, stepped up. And not just the Big 12 game, but other games as well when we needed him. And he didn't blink. The guy, um, he, he looks like he belongs. He, he's fluid. There's no panic. He's one-on-one with no safety help over the top. And never once um, he looked like, oh, man, give me help. The guy can ball. So, absolutely, he is my defensive guy. And on the offensive side, and I love the fact that you are giving – the O-line some love, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people forget oh, the O-line, and that's a great choice. And and you, you mentioned Mr. Gillum. Shout out to Plainville, Kansas. Yep. Grant Stevens is a good friend, buddy of mine. He's a coach out there, so he's doing a great job at Plainville. But my guy is DJ Giddens. He, um, you know, DJ is one of those guys, if you didn't look at the roster and see the red shirt freshman by his name, you would think he was an upperclassman. Yeah. And he plays like a grown man. So my choice for offense is DJ. DJ Giddens might look like the most <laughs> next-level guy yeah. on the field when he's out there for K-State. Yeah. I'm sure opposing coaches, when DJ Giddens runs onto the field, like, this is the guy they have behind Deuce Vaughn? Really? Yeah. Shouldn't even seem fair. It's amazing how a kid like like Hayden Gillum from Plainville, Kansas, like Hadley Panzer, Lake in Kansas, DJ Giddens down the road in Don't Junction City. city. Yeah. I mean, all these Kansas kids come together and they form something special at K-State. As we talk about Newcomer of the Year on offense, I want to talk more about DJ Giddens because he's my Newcomer of the Year on on offense again it felt like the number two running back position coming into the season was a little questionable you really didn't know who it was going to be is it going to be this guy is it going to be this guy and dj giddens says it's going to be me and and he came in when he needed to beginning of the year he didn't play that much no Uh, it was almost like the coaches weren't sure what they had but to me he made his mark in that game against iowa state when deuce vaughn got hurt Mm. and they relied upon dj giddens to get those late first downs to help spark the offense i cannot tell you how much dj giddens improved this year and how special he's going to be at K-State. No, I'm with you on that. Offensive-wise, he is the guy. He he earned that job, you know, because it was wide open uh, from summer, spring, and going into to fall camp. He understood what needed to happen, and he earned that job. And he, show, he showed the coaches that, hey, you made the right choice. Mm-hmm. On the defensive side, again, a lot of newcomers on the defense. Yeah. Maybe Josh Hayes. Maybe Drake Cheatham. I'm going to pick another safety and say Kobe Savage. Yeah. This is a kid as well. He just came in. That very first game against South Dakota, he announced his presence with authority, coming down, laying the wood. That is a hard-hitting, throwback-style safety. To me, he's a newcomer of the year. Yes, the late-season injury kind of it sucks for him, yeah. but he's going to come back. I am so excited about Kobe Savage's future at K-State. He's going to be an NFL-level player. Um to me, he is the newcomer of the year on defense. I, I agree 100% on you. His, his last name alone yeah. should win it. You know, Savage, that's, that, that, he's built to be either a safety or a linebacker. That that name by itself. But, no, I'm with you. He plays with a sense of urgency. He brings the wood. He he flies around. He looks like a, he's a guy that's been on the team for four years mm-hmm. rather than his first year. So, he absolutely deserves that. Honorable mention, Josh Hayes. Oh, yeah. I oh, yeah. think Josh Hayes is right there because – we didn't really know what to expect with Josh. He was going to no. play cornerback. Is he going to play safety? They're like, he comes into to spring ball, and they say, actually, we know you wanted to play corner, but we're going to have to move you to safety. Never played it in his life. I mean, at the end of the year, he was one of the better safeties in the conference. But, yeah, I think number one and number two, literally on the field. Yep. yep. I think number two is probably a little triumph over number one in that case. But, again, Savage and Hayes right there. Both good players. Shout out to Joe Klanerman, which we're, we'll get into that here soon. But mm-hmm. figuring out how to utilize those guys was really, really impressive. And, and we'll just go there um, right now. The 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 K-State coach of the year. Not necessarily um, – 
who had the best season, who was the most important. Uh, I'm going to say Colin Klein on K-State staff because of how he was able to utilize the offense. Now, you know, you could make an argument that Connor Riley, the offensive line coach, could be up there too with the way how he kind of pieced that offensive line together mm-hmm. um, and, and made it work. But I think the way Colin was able to use the weapons that he had, use in a way where by the end of the season, K-State was clicking on all cylinders. From a team that scored 10 points against a Tulane to a team that won an overtime against the number three team in the country at the end of the season, the improvement the offensive, that the offense made under not only Adrian Martinez but Will Howard too, which I think Colin Klein deserves some credit for Will, um, it was it was remarkable. No, I, I, I'm, I love your pick. Uh, it's not my pick, but I love your pick because everything you said about Coach Klein holds true. And, and like you said, the assistant coaches don't get a lot of uh, love because they're not coordinators, but they do a good job individually based on positions. But Coach Klein has done a great job being a younger coach, stepping mm-hmm. in, taking leadership, having confidence, and turning this offense from a ho-hum offense to a legitimate scoring threat every game. So that's awesome for Coach Klein. Kudos to him. But I'm going to go on the defense side of the ball with Coach Klanderman. Um, we talked about in preseason, before the season started, the biggest question mark for the defense was the secondary. We had to fill three new spots. And two of the guys we talked about, uh, Josh Hayes and Kobe Savage, showed up and, and solidified those spots. And then you had Cheatham and a couple other guys in there mm-hmm. as well. And he did a phenomenal job not having – ultimately five new guys playing three different positions and getting them ready to play each game and playing fast, playing smart, and knowing where to be. And then even later in the year when injuries occurred, plugging in young guys and not really missing a beat. Van Malone also. Honorable oh, absolutely. Here. absolutely. He's got to be a head coach soon. Um, there's a lot of openings right now at the FCS level, the lower Division One level. Somebody give Van Malone a shot. His time is coming. He, His time is he coming. He totally deserves an opportunity to lead a program. So, yes, Colin Klein, Joe Klanderman are the picks. Let's move on down the line here to play of the year. Now, multiple plays that we could pick, but I think the play of the year for me, probably for you as well, the goal line stand, just what that meant. I mean, that's the best goal line stand since 2011 against Miami. I don't know if you remember that game, oh, yeah. Trey, oh, Walker. Yeah. Trey Walker. Actually, Trey yeah. Walker, shout out, Miami. shout out Olathe North on that one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the goal line stand to me is the play of the year. Oh, yeah, on defensive guy. Come on now. You yeah. know it's going to be the goal line stand. That was phenomenal. Trust me, if if people didn't know me, the way I was yelling at the TV <laughs> when that happened, would have swore I was crazy. But that that was play of the year. Easy for me. Yep, yep. Easy. I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you now. We go down to the game of the year that's not the Big 12 championship game because I think that would be both of our answers. Game of the year, not the Big 12 championship game. For me, it's the game against Oklahoma. After the loss against Tulane, nobody really knew where K-State was headed. But Adrian Martinez literally put the team on his back in that game, played the best game of his career. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the game of the year. I understand that Oklahoma did not finish how people thought they would. But they were a top-10 team at the time. K-State broke Oklahoma. To me, that is the game of the year. That is That was one of our best games and fun game. But I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to go Oklahoma State game. Um the, as I like to call it, the coming out party for Mr. Will Howard, or let mm-hmm. me introduce myself to you guys, or reintroduce myself to you guys. Hey, I'm Will Howard. Nice to meet you. I'm going to be here for a while. I'll get used to it. <laughs> you know, so that's my game of the year. The offense play, I'm, I can't even remember how many points you put up, and the defense ultimately shut Oklahoma State out. So that was the game for me. K-State literally broke Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Yes, they did. Oklahoma was destined for – you know, eight, nine wins on the season, mm-hmm. they get six. Oklahoma State, maybe Big 12 championship, they finish seven and yeah. five. <laughs> K-State broke both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Remarkable 
to see. Let's get in to the final two awards as we wrap up the show here. The Offensive and Defensive MVP. Now, I'm sure that you and I probably have similar thoughts. I'm going to say Deuce Vaughn for the Offensive MVP. You could have said Will Howard. I don't think anybody would have batted an eye. Maybe even could have said Cooper Beebe the way he performed on the offensive line. But people take Deuce Vaughn for granted. Mm -hmm. Because he is a special, special player. You just... You do not do the things he does to opposing teams. Mm -hmm. Most running backs are not able to do that. Just because it's one-on-one, it's like there's nobody there for Deuce Vaughn. Mm -hmm. The way he's able to make people miss, get in space, and run between the tackles. Deuce Vaughn had more rushing yards this season than he did last season, and he had a breakout season last year. He's, I believe he's less than 1,400 yards away from being the all-time leading rusher at K-State. We don't know what his future holds, but I will tell you that Deuce Vaughn is a special player, and he's my offensive MVP. It's like you're psychic or something. <laughs> uh, how do you do that? <laughs> no, uh, he's my guy as well. You know, everything you said, I 100% agree with. Um, the guy is so fun to watch. I don't know what his future holds, um, if he chooses to go forward to, to a pro career, if he comes back for another season. But the guy is special. I've been very thankful that he chose K-State. And, and the K-State Nation feels the same way. But he is absolutely my offensive MVP. Defensive MVP for me. A lot of different guys you can pick. Yeah. I'm going to go with Felix and DK Uzama. Probably the popular pick, but the way he's able to fight triple teams Mm -hmm. and double teams, Mm -hmm. it never ceases to amaze me. He's got an insane motor. He's going to play in the NFL. He's going to be a really good NFL player. He is the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Well, goodness, he's the Friday walkthrough defensive player of the year, too. Yeah, how can you go against the Big 12 player of the year? I'm saying I'm with you. It's one of those things where this guy uh, demands double teams and triple teams every week. And, And it's one of those things where if you watch him play, his repertoire of moves are NFL caliber. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who he studies. I'm not sure who he works with, but he is so good with the push-pull, with the spin move. He sets guys up. Uh, he'll dip inside. The guy has it all. He's not just a bull rush guy. He's a finesse guy. And one thing I love about him, too, on screen plays, he turns mm-hmm. and runs down plays. He finishes. He just doesn't pass rush. He is a complete player. So any team, not just in the Big 12, in college football, would love to have Felix on their team. So he's our guy. There's so many guys that are worth everything, like we talked about at the top of the at the top of this segment. But what a great season for Kansas State! What a great season for the Kansas State fans! Thank you all for being along for the ride. We're not done yet. We got at least one more show as K State gets set to take on Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. We will talk to you next time with the K State Alabama Sugar Bowl preview right here on the Friday Walkthrough.